Let's go, let's go. <clears throat> okay, we are on Zayn Amud Aleph at the end of the Amud. We're learning Le'ilu Nishras, my mother, Imi Marasi, Necha, Bas, Chaim, Zedel, and for the Arachenu Kol Yisra, all those who have fallen, whose, life, whose lives were taken since October 7th. Arachenu Kol Yisra, I'm learning B'zuchus, Arachayalim, they should be victorious very soon to eradicate the evil of Hamas from our midst. Okay, we're on the bottom of Zion Amun Aleph, the two dots at the end of the third class line. So Tani Ravi, sorry, it says Umatanos Avionim. So one of the things that you had to do over again if they um, extended the year after after they read the Megillah on Adarishon, the Mishnah says you have to both read the Megillah and give Matanos Levionim as well. So now the Gemara is going to talk about the mitzvah of Matanos Levionim. Tani Rav Yosef. Rav Yosef taught, Umishloach Manos Ish This is Esther, Megillah's Esther, Perak Tes, Pasuk Chaf Beis. You're supposed to send gifts to each person to his friend. And then we learn from there, Shte Manos Leish Echad. You're supposed to give two gifts to one person. And Matanos Levionim and gives to the poor. That's Shte Matanos Shne Vene Adam. You're supposed to give two gifts to two separate people because Matanos is plural and Levionim are plural. Whereas in the first part, Mishlach Manos, that's plural, but Ishlore Eo seems to be one person to the other. Not that you have to give to two people, but one person. Okay, Rabbi Huda Nesia, Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi, Shodar Leil Rabbi Oshia, he sent to Rabbi Oshia, Itama de Igla Talsa, a thigh of a third calf, or the third of a calf, or the uh, the third stage in the growth. This is a, some type of very um, expensive or very well-tasting part of the calf. The Garva de Chamra, and a jug of wine. And so he sent it to Rav Oshia, Shalach so Rav Oshia sent back to Rav Yehuda Hanasi, Rav Yehuda Hanasi, now we're on Zayin Amad Beis, he sent back to him, and he said, Kiyamta banu Rabbeinu, umishloch manos ishtore eu matonos avionim. So he said, you have fulfilled through us, our our uh, teacher, talking to Rebbe, you fulfilled both mishloch manos and ishtore eu, sorry, both both Mishloch Manos Yisraelu and Matanos Avionim. You fulfilled both. Why? Because he gave these two gifts and he gave it to the poor. Now, the truth is there's a girsa change here. Some do not include Matanos Avionim in this Gemara. And it could be because he only gave to Rabbi Oshia and not to somebody else. However, there is the girsa that has it. So maybe we would assume that he gave to two separate Avionim. Or maybe we're um, redefining exactly how many people you have to give it to. Okay, Tzarech Iyon on that. Then another story regarding Matanos Levionim. So Rabbah, Shadar Leila Mari Bar Mar Biyadabai. So Rabbah, he sent to Mari Bar Mar through Abai. Abai was his messenger. Abai was a student of Rabbah. So he was his messenger. Mole Tiska de Kashva. He sent him a basket filled with dates, umale kisa kamcha de avshuna, and he sent him also a cup filled with a roasted wheat. Okay, two things, two nice things. So it's two separate manos, right? To one person, amarle abaye. Abaye said to him, hashda amar mari. Abaye seems he's going to be say. He says like Mari's going to say when he receives this. 
If the farmer becomes the king, the basket from his neck he will not place down. Meaning, because Rabba was kind of appointed to be the head, he was uh, he was in a prominent position right now. That means he clearly had more wealth. Yeah, and he was he came from humble beginnings, and yet he's giving him something that's not worth that much. These dates and these roasted wheat, it's not worth that much. So he's saying even the farmer who becomes the king, he'll still hold on to his basket on his neck. He won't let go of it. So Hadar Shadar Ihu. So what happened? So Mari, Mari Bar Mar sent back to. Uh, Rabba, why did he send back to him? He sent him Male Tiska de Zangvila. He sent him this basket filled with ginger. Umale Kisa de Pilpalta Richa. And also sent this cup filled with this long pepper, something which was sharp. Kharif. Amar Abaye. So Abaye says, Hashta Amar Mar. So Abaye says, Now Mar is going to say he's referring to Rabba. And it seems like what Mari sent to Rabba is actually more expensive. The ginger and the pepper is more expensive than the dates and the roasted wheat. So Abai is kind of like foreseeing what's going to happen here, that Rabba is going to say, Amar Mar is going to say, Ana I sent him sweet things, and he sent me these sharp, uh, these sharp, like sour things, you know, like as if he still gave the better deal. He gave him the sweet things. Okay. Amar Abai. So Abai says, Kinafke mi be mar have savina. He said, when I left the house of Mar, that being when he left Rabba, he was satisfied. He ate and he was he was satiated. Kimate um lahasam when he reached there, when he reached to Mari Bar Mar. Krivu li shisin tsai. He said they brought to me 60 plates. The shisin mine kadero with sixty different cooked items. plugi, and I ate sixty portions, and I ate from them sixty portions. So it's unclear exactly how much did he eat, but it sounds like he ate it a lot. Uvishula basrais, and the last thing that they cooked, the last dish that they cooked, havu karulet sali kedar. They called it pot roast. Uh, so Abai, so Abai was eating a lot here. And after he ate all of this, he wanted, Uba, he wanted to chew Lamichas Abas. He wanted to chew on the plate afterwards, Abasra afterwards. And then Amar Abaye, So after Abaye recognized what was going what was going on with him, he just couldn't like uh fill himself up, couldn't quench his hunger, so satisfy his hunger. He says, This is what people say, that that the poor are hungry, they don't even know about it. They don't even recognize their hunger because, as I said, when he left Rabbah, he was full, and now, clearly, when he had a lot of food in front of him, he just kept on eating. Or inami, another understanding is, to widen yourself for sweet stuff, it's, it's, always, it's common. You can always have more room for the good stuff. Okay, so those are few of the Gemaras regarding Matanas Avionim or Mishloch Manos. Now, Abaye Bar Abin, Rabbi Chanina Bar Abin, so Abaye Bar Abin, Rabbi Chanina Bar Abin, what they do, they would switch meals, they would kind of just interchange meals, which really means that they didn't, neither of them lost anything, and really neither of them gained anything. Um, and if Abaye Bar Abin is the Abaye we've been speaking of, so it sounds like they were both 
uh, poor. They didn't have the means to purchase more things. So what do they do? They just exchange and uh, they're fulfilling their mitzvah. This is actually a very important part of Matanus of Mishloach Manos to recognize that it's really just the idea of giving. The Sifse Chaim does speak about this idea. The idea of giving alone is what brings Achdus to Am Yisrael, even if there's no net gain. Okay, Amar Rav, Rav says, one of the most famous lines in Mesechus Megillah, which so many keep in mind on Purim, that a person is obligated to, as we'll say here, become intoxicated on Purim. However, there are different ways of understanding like from Bissamim to like to like spice themselves up, fill themselves up with uh, with the ability to um, to share deeper thoughts. Okay. Maybe that's one way of looking at it. So, anyways, so it's a person supposed to intoxicate themselves on Purim until they don't know the difference they don't know the difference between cursing Haman and blessing Mordechai. Now, there's so much to say. There's so much machshava on this line alone. We won't get into it now. When Purim comes, when we come closer to Purim, it's very kedai to look at all of the svarim on this. Okay, so Rabbah Rabbi Zeros after. Rava just said that a person has to become drunk on Purim. Rava and Rabbi Zera of Dusudas Purim Bahadehadadi. So Rava and Rabbi Zera, they uh, joined together to make a Sudan Purim. Uvisum and they you know became intoxicated. Come Rabba Shachtel Rabbi Zera. And it says that Rabba got up and he shechted Rabbi Zera. Now, what does this mean? Does it mean he literally shechted him? He literally killed him? It's that's what it sounds like from the Agadita. But there could be other ways of looking at it as well. However, as the story goes, so it's it sounds like he kind of killed Rabbi Zera or brought him to a point of where he was very, very ill. Lamachar, so what happened? The next day, boy Rachame Vachia. The next day, um Rabba, he davened to Hashem and for compassion, Vachia, and he lived, and Rabbi Zera lived. So you could look at it at the Shachte means he became very, very sick, and through the prayer he lived. Lashana, in the next year. Amar so then Rabba says back to Rabbi Zera, "Nicey Mar v'nafid sudas Purim b'hadi adadi." He says, "Bring Mar, and we'll, we'll uh, once again do the sudas Purim together." So Amar Le, so Rabbi Zera says back to um, to Rabba, he says, "Lo b'chol shaisa v'shaisa misrachish nisa." It's not like you can't rely every single year that a miracle is going to happen. Then I'm going to come back to life, so as if to say, maybe it's better we. Stay away from each other. You have your own Su'udam Purim because you maybe get out of hand when you reach Adal Yada. Amar Rava. Rava says, another teaching from Rava, Su'udas Purim sha'achla balayla lo yatsi The meal of Purim that you have at night, or if a person's going to eat uh, a Su'udah at night, you have not fulfilled your obligation of the Su'udah of Purim. My time. And what's the reason? Because it says, it says in Megillah, and we've seen this Pasuk earlier on Dalad Amud Bez. It says Yemei, sorry, actually, um, Yehei Amud Bez. What does it say? It says Yemei Mishteh. This is in Parakhtes Pasuk Chaf Bez in Esther. It says Yemei Mishteh. Vesimcha. So what does that mean? The days of drinking and enjoy ksiv. That's what it writes. So it means in the daytime you have to have the Mishnah and Simcha. Okay, so Rav Ashi have a Yosef Kame de Rav Kahana. And some say it's the Hamemar. Rav Ashi was sitting in front of Rav Kahana. He was a student. Noga, it became dark. This sounds like it's on the day of Purim and it started to become dark. Below Asurabanan and the other students, the Rabbanan, they didn't come to sit in this shear of Rav Kahana. So Amar Lay. 
So Rav Ashi says to Rav Kahana, my time alone also Rabbanon. Why is it that the uh, the students, the Rabbanon didn't come? Dilma tridi besudas purim. Perhaps, now it's not so clear as to who's saying to who, but we'll go with that. Rav Ashi first asked, why aren't the other Rabbanon here? Rav Kahana answered that maybe they are Torah, they're involved besudas purim in the besudas purim. So Amar Lev, Velo have efshar lamechla beorso. So then Rav Ashi says back, wasn't it possible for them to eat at night? They, last night, they could have eaten Purim night. So then Rav Kana says back to Rav Ashi, is it not that Mar, master here, didn't he, he's talking to Rav Ashi, even though it sounds like Rav Ashi is his student, he says, didn't he hear that which that Rav said, don't you know that Mesudas Purim, if you eat it during the nighttime, you have fulfilled your obligation. So Amar so he said back to him, Amar Rav Hachi, so Rav Ashi said back to Rav Kana, did he really say this? And Amar and, and Rav Kana said back, in, yes, he did say this. Now, there are different girsos as to how to read this, but we're going to read it this way. It sounds like it's the easiest way to, for the Gemara to flow. He asked, did he really say this? And he says, yes, he did say this. And then what happens next is, Tana minei arba'in zimnin and then he taught it to him 40 times. It sounds like Rav Kahana taught to Rav Ashi 40 times this halacha, that if you eat the suda at night, you haven't fulfilled your mitzvah of suda's purim. And it was commanded Manach Bakisa. And it was so clear to him now, this halacha, as if someone who just put it in his pocket and it's in his back pocket all times, he could always take it out and teach somebody else this halacha. So the the teaching alone of you shouldn't you can't have your meal at night. It's hard to imagine that that was the only thing taught 40 times. Um, it seems like there was something deeper as well, or more information that had to be taught. The truth is also, maybe you could look at this Gemara that it's Rav Kahana is asking Ravashi, where is everyone? And maybe Rav Kahana wasn't sure about the halacha that Rava said. But we're going to go with the, it's Ravashi, the student, asking the question. And Ravashi, the student, is being taught by Rav Kahana, this halacha. Okay, we're up to the Mishnah. And by the way, just the, that, that last part of the Agarata, there, there's also more to ask. Why wasn't Rav Kahana and Ravashi uh, involved in their suda? Maybe they already finished their suda. Okay, Tzarechian as well. The Mishnah says, Mishnah says the only difference between Yom Tov and Shabbos is Ochel Nefesh Bilvad, the idea of food for the soul, meaning the preparation of food. On Shabbos, you cannot cook anything. Everything has to be really prepared before Shabbos. On Yantif, however, once you have a pre-existing flame, you're allowed to cook on Yantif. Sorry, Ochel Nefesh. You're allowed to cook on Yantif. It's one of the special things on Yantif that we're allowed to do. Now, Rashi does point out that that's only in regards to um, Ochel Nefesh, that... Um, Right, that's the only thing. However, when it comes to the topic of okay, how are they punished? There are many differences as to the punishments on Shabbos versus the punishments on Yantif. If someone's going to violate Shabbos versus violating Yantif, because on Shabbos the punishments are skila and kares, and on Yantif the violations are just a law of a negative commandment that one may have violated. Okay, but our mission is really just talking about in regards to like what the mutter things that one's allowed to do. Ochel nefesh is the only difference. And however, the implication from our Mishnah is when it comes to the preparations of for, for food, not the actual making of the food, but the preparations, like the, the utensils that are needed. So they both agree that you can't do them on Yantif either. That's what it seems like our Mishnah is implying. So therefore, the Gemara says, Our Mishnah seems to not be like the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. Why not? The Tanya says, Tanya Okay, so the Brisa says that there's no difference between Shabbos and Yantif except for Ochel Nefesh, except for preparing food. 
Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda, however, Rabbi Yehuda, however, he permits the preparations of the food, the tools that are needed. Let's say to need, if you need to fix the knife on Yantif, he says you're allowed to do that. Whereas our Mishnah, Tanakam would say you can't do that because you can only cook the food, but you can't do other preparatory things for the need of the food. It just has to be the food itself you can make. So my time at Tanakama. So now we have to understand what's the difference between Tanakama and Rabbi Yehuda? Why does Tanakama imply that you can't do Machshir Yochel Nevesh, whereas Rabbi Yehuda says you can? So the, my Tana Damakama, what's the reason for the Tanakama? So Amar Krada, Pasuk says in Shemos Yud Beis Tesvav, it says who? Who levado yaselachem, right? It's who? It itself, meaning the preparation of food itself, or the making of food itself, you could do. Velo machshirav. It's it itself, that of the making of the food you can do. Velo machshirav, and not the preparations needed to then make the food. For Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda, however, would say, Lachem, it says in the Pasuk, Lachem, for you. Lachem l'chol tzarcheichem. Meaning when it says you can make for yourself all of your needs, even if you need to prepare the utensils to make the knife, let's say, to uh, cut the, the food. Or to like, it may, it may even imply to make the oven, to 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 finish the oven to make your food. Well, l'chol tzarcheichem, anything you need, you could do because it's Lachem. V'idach, and the Tanakama, the other one, Nami aksiv Lachem, it, they have to respond. It also says lachem in the Pasuk for you. So what do they do with the word lachem? Rav Yudah says lachem means they could do anything they need, all their needs, even the preparations. But the Tanakama, what do they do, what do, they do with lachem? So they say lachem, it means for you, you can make the food velola of dekachavim and not for non-Jews. And it says lachem, for you, you can make the food velola klavim and you can prepare it for your animals. Ah, so the Tanakama answered that. Now we have to figure out for Rav Yehuda. Ve'idach, and the other one, that being Rabbi Yehuda, Nami Haksiv Hu, it also writes the word Hu, that, and the Tanakhama said it's that and not the preparations. So what does Rabbi Yehuda do with, do with the word Hu? So he says, Ksiv Hu, U Ksiv Lachem. It writes Hu, that, and it writes Lachem for you. Kan b'machshirin she'efshar la'asos amerigam. So he says like this, the word Hu is coming to teach me that the preparations that you were able to do before Yantif that actually you can't do on, on Yantif. You're not allowed to do on Yantif. However, Khan here, the word Lachem, is for Machshir and Shiev Yantif, for the things that you were, it was impossible for you to have done Erev Yantif. So Rashi gives the example. What's something that's impossible? For example, a knife, Shinifka Let's say a knife becomes very dull on Yantif. So according to Rabbi Yehuda, he would say, because you couldn't have sharpened the knife before Yantif, we're allowed, we allow you to sharpen that knife on Yantif. Whereas the Tanakama would say, no, even if it gets dull on Yantif, you can't do anything to the preparatory stages before you actually get to the food. And he would still say, you can't do that. However, we see from here from Rabbi Yehuda that there are, the who means the things that you could have done before Yantif. And the Lachem says you are allowed to do the things that you weren't able to prepare before Yantif. Okay. Up to the next Mishnah. The Mishnah says, Ein bein Shabbos Kippurim, zedono adam zedono So now, the only difference between Shabbos and Yom Kippur is that when you do something intentionally on Shabbos, the punishment is through based in bide adam through people. They determine if you're going to get skila, if you're going to get stoned, or whatever else the other punishments would be. However, beyom kippur vezet zdono bekaris. On yom kippur, when someone does something on purpose intentionally, the punishment is not through uh, court, through people, but rather it's kares. It's this heavenly punishment of kares. Okay. Gemara says. Now it's interesting because we know, of course, there are many differences between Shabbos and Yom Kippur. Uh, Shabbos and Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur, you fast. 
right? Yom Kippur, you can't have, wear leather shoes. So there's a lot of differences. But this is regarding the punishments. It seems like um, the only difference is how they are punished, right? One is punished through uh, through court. One is punished through Hashem. So now the Gemara says, When it comes to payments, however, and generally, you know, if you if you um, just ruin and um, and damage someone's property, you usually have to pay. So yet they're still equal when it comes to tashlum. And how does this work? Mani masnis. And who is our Mishnah? It's Rabbi Nechunya ben Hakanahi. It's Rabbi Nechunya ben Hakana. The Tanya that was taught in a brisa. Rabbi Nechunya ben Hakana. Rabbi Nechunya ben Hakana. So he says, Haya ose es Yom Hakipurim kishabes l'tashlumin. We make Yom Kippur like Shabbos when it comes to payments. How so? Mas Shabbos mischayev benafshu poter min atashlumin. Just like on Shabbos. If you are mischayev benafsho, let's say you do something where the punishment would be death, you are putter from tashlumin. So for example, let's say you do a malacha. Let's say you start a fire and uh, you mamish kindle the flame. And at a split moment, you kindle the flame, you also ruin somebody's property. So we have this concept of kim lebederabmine. We establish the greater of the two. And the greater of the two of these punishments is clearly the death penalty that Bastin would give. So you would be exempt from paying for the property that you damaged. Same thing with Yom Kippur, Af Yom Kippurim. So to buy Yom Kippur, Mishai Benavshu, if you did something which violated that you would get kares, even though that's a heavenly punishment, not a, a punishment by people, still Upatur Minatashlumin, you would still also be exempt from having to pay um, because the greater of the punishments would be the kares. So now that we've established that our Mishnah goes like Rav Nechunah ben Hakana, right? The only difference between Shabbos and Yom Kippur is regarding what punishment or where the punishment come from, comes from when someone did something intentionally. However, when it comes to Tashlumin, right, they're both going to be exempt, both if you are Chayev Bidei Adam or Chayev Bidei Shemaim. Okay, so now Tanan was taught in a Mishnah. Tanan Hasim was taught over there in Mishnah in Makos. Kol shalaku niftaru Anyone who is chayev kares, yet when he was warned not to do something that could have been punished by kares, he also was warned that he would get malchus, and this person gets lashes, niftaru he is actually going to be exempt from then being punished with kares. Shinemar, as it says, quoting the Pasuk in Devarim, Chavhei Gimel, 25.3, it says, that your brother will be um, made light in your eyes. What, is, what does that mean? Kevan Shalaka, since he was, now he says Nikola means made light in your eyes, as if it was uh, degrading to him. But since he was Laka, since he was given lashes, now he's like your brother, which means he's like your brother, that he won't get Kares anymore, right? Because Kares was this the eternal being cut off from Amisro, but now he's going to be your brother because he got lashes. Rebbe Hananya ben Gamliel. This is, these are the words of Rebbe Hananya ben Gamliel. I'm Rabbi Yochanan. So Rabbi Yochanan says, So Rabbi Yochanan says, uh, the friends, the other Rabbanim, they would argue on this point of Rabbi Chinah ben Gamliel. And we're going to actually strengthen what it is that they would be arguing on. Amar Rava, Amar Bey Rav. So Rava said that it was said in the base matters of Rav. Tanina, it was taught, they learned, ben Yom HaKippur and Shabbos. There's no difference between Yom HaKippur and Shabbos. Ela shezez dono b'yedei adam, vizez dono b'yakares. That this one has, its uh, intentional act is uh, going to be punished by courts, by people, whereas this one's going to be punished with kares. This is 
in quoting our Mishnah. However, so now, if you're going to follow the opinion of Rabbi Hanan ben Gamliel, which is that a person who's chayv karis, if they get lashes, and they would be getting lashes from Bastin, they would then be exempt from karis. So imisaf, it's really true. The truth is, if it's true, then really both kares and or Shabbos and Yom Kippur, it's through Adam because even on Yom Kippur, if you were to have gotten lashes for the violation one did, it would be through a person and you would be exempt from kares. So Amr of Nachman, so that's the challenge, right? So it seems like they, the, his friends would argue on Rabbi Chana ben Gamliel based on this Tanina. However, Amr of Nachman, Rabbi Nachman says, Hamani Rabbi Yitzchak. He says, who is this like? Who is this teaching like this Tanina that we just said? It's in the opinion of Rabbi Yitzchak, the Amar who says, Malkus Bechayve Krisus Leika. He has a general rule that lashes, Bechayve Krisus, when, to get lashes when you are going to be punished with kares, Leika, it doesn't exist. It doesn't, it doesn't work. Meaning, even if you're warned that you're going to get lashes, still, we don't give the person lashes if the violation they did will be chayv with kares. So we're saying that that is the opinion of Rabbi Yitzchak, that he specifically is the one that holds like that. However, and just to clarify the Tanya, as it was Tanya Brisa, Rabbi Yitzchak, Omer Rabbi Yitzchak says, chayv krisos bichlal hayu. Which the general Pasuk in Vayikra, Yud Ches Chaf Tes, 18.29, which says that all of the violations, all of the uh, illicit relationships, there's a certain punishment of kares. And then, Balama yatsas kares so then why does it single out kares where it says so that if one violates uh, an illicit act with one sister, the, 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 the Torah says in Vayikra Chaf Yudzain, it kind of repeats and the word that you're going to be punished with kares. We ask, why does it do that? So it's actually there to single out and say, when you have kares, you get kares, you do not get malchus. Okay, so specifically it's Rabbi Yitzchak who says, you never get lashes when it comes to kares. So he's the one that says that tanina. But when it comes to the words of Rabbi Chana ben Gamliel, the truth is, maybe the other chaverim don't argue with him. Okay, and then however, Rav Ashi, Rav Ashi says the truth is, and say that it's even the according to the Rabbanon, that the Rabbanon also can be the opinion, not just Rabbi Yitzchak, but the Rabbanon, where they could say, and the Rabbanon would say that, yes, you potentially could get lashes if you're Chayv Kares. However, what's the Mishnah, or what's that Tanina focusing on? It's saying, meaning the Iker way of punishing when someone does something intentionally on Shabbos, it's Bidei Adam, and the Iker way of being punished when the, was when one does something on Yom Kippur intentionally is Bihi Kares, is getting Kares. Yet, there still is time when a person might be getting lashes as well. So therefore, even the Rabbanon could fit in this Tanina, and they also would hold that, yes, there are times where you could get lashes, and it seems like everyone could potentially be agreeing with Rabbi Hanan ben Gamliel, and as Rabbi Yochanan said, that they, the Chaverim argue that might not be the case at all. Okay, we'll stop here, Yashir. Koach.